Chapter fourteen of Travels with a Donkey in the Cévennes by Robert Louis Stevenson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Patrick Wallace. Florac. On a branch of the town stands Florac, the seat of a sub-prefecture with an old castle, an alley of plains, many quaint street corners, and a live fountain welling from the hill. It is notable besides for handsome women, and as one of the two capitals, Alais being the other, of the country of the Camisards. The landlord of the inn took me after I had eaten to an adjoining café, where I, or rather my journey, became the topic of the afternoon. Everyone had some suggestion for my guidance, and the sub-prefectorial map was fetched from the sub-prefecture itself, and much thumbed among coffee-cups and glasses of liqueur. Most of these kind advisers were Protestant, though I observed that Protestant and Catholic intermingled in a very easy manner, and it surprised me to see what a lively memory still subsisted of the religious war. Among the hills of the south-west, by Mochlin, Kamnok, or Kasvern, in isolated farms or in the mounts, serious Presbyterian people still recall the days of the great persecution, and the graves of local martyrs are still piously regarded. But in towns, and among the so-called better classes, I fear that these old doings have become an idle tale. If you met a mixed company in the King's Arms at Wicktown, it is not likely that the talk would run on Covenanters. Nay, at Muirkirk of Glenluce, I found the Beagle's wife had not so much as heard of Prophet Peden. But these Sévenols were proud of their ancestors in quite another sense. The war was their chosen topic. Its exploits were their own patent of nobility, and where a man or a race has had but one adventure, and that heroic, we must expect and pardon some prolixity of reference. They told me the country was still full of legends hitherto uncollected. I heard from them about Cavalier's descendants, not direct descendants, be it understood, but only cousins or nephews, who were still prosperous people in the scene of the boy-general's exploits and one farmer had seen the bones of old competence dug up into the air of an afternoon in the nineteenth century, in a field where the ancestors had fought, and the great-grandchildren were peaceably ditching. Later in the day one of the Protestant pastors was so good as to visit me, a young man, intelligent and polite, with whom I passed an hour or two in talk. Florac, he told me, is part Protestant, part Catholic, and the difference in religion is usually doubled by a difference in politics. You may judge of my surprise, coming as I did from such a babbling purgatorial Poland of a place as Monastier, when I learned that the population lived together on very quiet terms, and there was even an exchange of hospitalities between households thus doubly separated. Black Camisar and white Camisar, militiaman and Michelet and dragoon, Protestant prophet and Catholic cadet of the White Cross. They had all been sabering and shooting, burning, pillaging, and murdering, their hearts hot with indignant passion. And here, after a hundred and seventy years, Protestant is still Protestant, Catholic still Catholic, in mutual toleration and mild amity of life. But the race of man, like that indomitable nature whence it sprang, has medicating virtues of its own, the years and seasons bring various harvests, the sun returns after the rain, and mankind outlives secular animosities as a single man awakens from the passions of a day. 
we judge our ancestors from a more divine position, and the dust being a little laid with several centuries, we can see both sides adorned with human virtues and fighting with a show of right. I have never thought it easy to be just, and find it daily even harder than I thought. I own I met these Protestants with delight and a sense of coming home. I was accustomed to speak their language, in another and deeper sense of the word than that which distinguishes between French and English, for the true Babel is a divergence upon morals. And hence I could hold more free communication with the Protestants, and judge them more justly than the Catholics. Father Apollinaris may pair off with my mountain Plymouth brother as two guileless and devout old men. Yet I ask myself, if I had as ready a feeling for the virtues of the Trappist, or had I been a Catholic, if I should have felt so warmly to the dissenter of La Vernède. With the first I was on terms of mere forbearance, but with the other, although only on a misunderstanding and by keeping on selected points, it was still possible to hold converse and exchange some honest thoughts. In this world of imperfection we gladly welcome even partial intimacies, and if we find but one to whom we can speak out of our heart freely, with whom we can walk in love and simplicity without dissimulation, we have no ground of quarrel with the world or God. End of chapter 14